Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland. With me today is a guy that has a secret dead twin, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, Cortland. I'm doing hey, man. not so good. My secret twin is dead. Well, you know, you probably should have told me about 20 years ago you had a secret twin that was dead. I've got a lot of secrets you don't know about. <laughs> I mean, I guess it doesn't really affect my A life. lot of dead siblings. Jeez. <laughs> That's disgusting. Are you at the like the center of all of this? No, no, no. I have nothing okay. to do with it. I'm always in the room when it happens, but it's complete coincidence. Have you ever watched The Good Son? No, it's my greatest shame. Oh, okay. Well, in it, Macaulay Culkin kills his brother. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Jesus. Are you secretly Macaulay Culkin? I wish. He seems like a pretty Could you cool imagine the up being up. Macaulay Culkin? Hmm. I'd be no, like, hey guys, like to be I'm Macaulay Culkin, you know, Mac, and we're talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark today? I think that he, Macaulay Culkin legally changed his name to Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin, Culkin. I mean, that's stupid, but okay. Eh, well. <laughs> whatever. I think it was a dare. When you're rich, you can do whatever the hell you want. Uh, that's true. Nobody's gonna be like, Macaulay, you can't do that. Macaulay was like, shut up. It'd be like, uh, I was the fucking page master. You do not talk to me like that. (laughs) I was Richie Rich. (laughs) He had McDonald's in his house. That was the greatest thing I'd ever seen when I was a kid. Just the idea that you could go get chicken nuggets whenever. Yeah. I mean, I'm on your side, man. That would be dope as hell. I mean, the kid in blank check didn't have a McDonald's in his house. He didn't have a house. He had a fucking castle. Well, he didn't have a McDonald's in his castle, was, protected by a moat filled there was with just alligators. A castle. That uh, that castle was like literally next door to his house. There was just a castle in his neighborhood. Yeah, it's just it. one of those suburban castles <laughs> that you find in the old country of you know <sighs> California or wherever. I don't even know, man. I feel like I need to watch that movie again, and I can because it's on Disney Plus. But I just haven't yet. Yeah, it's been like a good six months since I've seen that movie. For real? (laughs) It's a great movie. I know, but I probably haven't seen it since like we watched it together. I want my own money. My own house. My own rules. (laughs) My favorite part of that whole movie is when his bike gets hit by the car, and then his parents hate him for getting his bike ruined. Yeah, that movie's filled with a lot of gems. I mean, we literally wrote the book on it. <laughs> All right, Brandon. I'm tired of talking about Blank Check. This isn't a Blank Check podcast. Okay. Cortland, how are you doing this week? Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> I was supposed to ask you first. <laughs> I'm, doing, um, I'm doing fine. I'm just tired because I woke up extra early so that we could record extra early. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had to slap my face a couple times like to get myself awake. You know, typical yeah. shit. Up all day. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I will be today. <laughs> I, have to, I have to take my son to school, and then I have to uh, do some errands. Ugh, errands. And then I have to work, and then tomorrow I have to work, and then the day after that I have to work, and then the next five days I have to work, and work and work and work. Welcome to Work All Night, and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. Yeah, I remember we just talked about um, how you shouldn't work and then die because it's stupid, but eh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, sometimes you gotta die. 
part of the game. Uh, all right, man, I'm at the work part. <laughs> oh, oh, you're fixated on this whole you, death thing. You right wanted now. to oh, end up it. like one of my siblings. I thought, okay, <laughs> I could make that happen. No, you can't. You're all the way in Australia, <sighs> which is yeah. still on fire. I take it, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's just the normal now. Do you walk outside and it's that like red tinted apocalypse situation going on? It has been that way. It isn't that way now. You can still smell smoke in the air. It just smells a little smoky all That's the time. Good. I get tired of smoke. Do you just like come home and you smell like a campfire and also your house is smell like a campfire all the time? A little bit. That sucks. You know, I seen something on Reddit that said that people raised like a billion dollars for the Notre Dame Cathedral, but they haven't raised nearly as much for the Australian wildfires yet, and that's really sad. Yeah, well, that cathedral is pretty cool. Yeah, but it's also like not home to a bunch of koalas and kangaroos and shit. Well, I've never been there. I can't say for certain. <laughs> I guess you're not wrong. <laughs> so did you do anything fun this week? Fun. Hmm. Did I do anything fun? That's not really my style, no. Well, did you see that they're doing the awesome games done quick this week? I'd heard about it. Have you watched any of those before? I've never watched any ever. Oh, it's something. A couple. They're it's something fun. that I think I would enjoy in theory, but I don't know if I actually want to watch people play games at all. Okay. People I don't know, <laughs> at least. No, that makes sense. But um, I do like watching games that I used to play as a kid and then just seeing people destroy them and like rip them apart with glitches and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'd I'd maybe check out a Lester the Unlikely speedrun. I'm pretty sure there is one. And I don't like there's a Willy Beamish one or whatever the fuck that game was. That's a shame. Well, nobody's ever played that except for you. (laughs) Well, I'd actually want to see the end of that game because I never saw the end of it. Well, legends have it that there is no end to that game. They didn't program one. (laughs) You just fart in the pizza place and that's it? Game over? Yep. Damn. I know. So, Brandon, do you want to get into this episode we watched this week? Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, Brandon and I just got done watching the tale of the Crimson Clown. Brandon, what the hell did you think of this thing? <laughs> this is a weird episode. So weird. If you've got this specific phobia, then this episode's probably scary as hell. But okay, I don't. I don't care about clowns. I don't find them scary or charming. Yeah. So there's uh, just a bunch of weird stuff. Yeah, it's kind of... Uh, I feel like this episode takes imp- inspiration from Poltergeist a lot. Oh, yeah. We just talked about that, like, two episodes ago. Yeah, what did we... Well, I mean, I guess, or, guess last, was last episode, episode. Was, was Poltergeist. <laughs> With the whole shit being all moved and whatever. But this episode specifically is, like, the clown scene in Poltergeist, except for mm-hmm. half an hour long. Yeah. And it's weird, and these kids are weird, and this mom is weird. It's a weird episode. Yeah. Everybody in it's weird. (laughs) The shopkeeper? There's only like four characters, and they're all weird. (laughs) Well, let's find out why we think they're so fucking weird. This episode opens up with our three gal pals. We got Betty Ann, we got Sam, we got Kiki. They're sitting by the fire. Kiki's the furthest away in the background a bit. Sam smiles at Betty Ann, who stands up and and she walks away, and Frank immediately walks over, kneels down where Betty Ann just was, he grabs Sam's hand, 
and he throws the twig in her hand away and says, I'm going to cut right to it. Uh, I want to go out with you next Friday. I'd say straight and to the point, but uh, it's been how many weeks now? And he obviously liked her from day one. So what the hell took him so long? It's been like nine episodes. I don't know what took him so long, but also he has like, he's got a lot of confidence. <laughs> no, he he doesn't really. It doesn't. It doesn't make him look like a good person or good character. Well, I don't know if he is a good person. Well, he could be a huge thug. Who knows? But Sam sighs. She rips her hand away and says, You want to go out with me? Do I have anything to say about this? And then at this point, Kiki hears this shit and she creeps over by Frank. As Frank tells her, Sure, you can say, uh, what time? And he scoots closer to Sam. Sam looks at him and then at Kiki. And Kiki says that she doesn't want to get in the middle of this. But... Why did you scoot closer then, Kiki? Yeah. What the fuck? I don't know. Go away, Kiki. Well, she does that. She stands up and she leaves, and then we hear Tucker in the distance giggle like a three-year-old. Ugh. As soon as I heard that, I was like, ugh. <laughs> He's just like, ah. Like, That's exactly right. <laughs> He's so annoying. Hey, we cut over to Tucker, and it appears that he's walking into the clearing, and he says, what? And I thought he was talking to Frank, because that would make sense, because he's, like, you know, pushing himself on Sam or whatever. But we look at the kids around the fire. They're all now staring at Tucker, and and Betty Ann drops a bunch of logs on the ground. Sam stands up as Betty Ann says, what are you doing? And we look at the situation now, and Gary is giving Tucker a piggyback ride. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As you do. That's what you do, man. You got a little bro, you got a little, little piggyback, brother. Well, Tucker quickly explains that Gary is his servant for the week and tells his brother to let him down. And Betty Ann walks up and she helps Tucker down while asking why. And Gary tells her that they made a deal, but don't ask about it. And Gary walks away and Tucker tells Betty Ann that he found a poem Gary wrote. And we cut to Gary who menacingly says, Tucker! Tucker's such an asshole. Yeah, he is. There's so many better ways Gary could have handled this other than I'll be your servant for a week. Tucker and Gary's age difference, there's like an eight year gap of time between them. He could just yeah. like pummel his little brother and steal the notebook. He's not a feeble wimp. He is a, no. he's not a nerd nerd. He is a, a athletic looking young man that could beat the shit out of his little brother. The violence option is always there and always popular. He could also just be like, you know what? We're not going to the fucking Midnight Society meeting. This week. That's always an option too, yeah. You give me the poem, or we don't go. Because Tucker is not going to be able to go without Gary. Yeah. That's That's leverage. We cut over to Frank now, who's sitting in his spot, and he says, a poem. And then cutting back to Tucker, he says, he promised Gary he wouldn't show the poem to anyone if he would be a servant for a week. And Gary tells Tucker, that's enough. And if he says one more word, the deal is off. So Tucker tells him, no sweat. Hurry up and tell your story. I've got some dirty socks that you gotta wash. The rest of the kids take their seat, and Gary says, Okay, I've got a special story tonight. There's an old saying, What goes around comes around. In my story, a kid finds out, no matter what you do, good or bad, it always comes back at you. We hear a wolf howl, and we look at Sam. She just like looks around like, What the fuck? <laughs> and then we cut back to Gary, who says, It's great if you do something nice, but if you do something rotten, watch out, because it's coming back, and probably when you least expect it. But that contradicts what you literally just said. Yeah. 
Tucker smirks, and it looks like the rest of the kids look at him, like, specifically. Um, Gary grabs the monkey bone dust and says, Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story... The Tale of the Crimson Clown. The episode begins inside a nice-looking house. A kid walks down the stairs, and we get a voiceover from Gary. He says that Mike was a pretty average kid who worked a paper route. It was the day before his mother's birthday, and he managed to save $70 to buy her a gift. Damn. 70 Canadian dollars in, like, 1993? That kid is rich. That's what I thought, too. That's a lot of money. So Mike walks into another room where his brother Sam is sitting on the couch, and he tells them that they gotta get going before the store closes. Sam gets an annoyed look on his face, and he tells his brother to go alone because he's watching something. And Mike takes a coat, and he throws it over his brother's head and says, Sam, it's Mom's birthday tomorrow. We have to get her a present together, so let's go. And then out of nowhere, Mom pops up. And she asks where they're going. What are you talking about? Presents? Presents for me? What's going on? <laughs> birthday? That's nobody's birthday. $70? Mike stutters out skating. Yeah, skating. <laughs> he doesn't say it like that, but you know, throwback. Might as well. I know. <laughs> they're just going to go skating for a little while. So Sam puts on his coat and says, yeah, wouldn't want to get too chilly skating, would we? Mom nods as the two boys walk past her. Then she stops Mike and tells him to keep an eye on his brother and be home by six. He tells her okay, and the kids walk out the door. But before that, Mike grabs his skates, saying, Skates, guess we need these, don't we? Mom slams the door, and she gives a look like, Oh, these kids so crazy. (laughs) I can't wait to see what present I get. She knows what's up. (laughs) Yeah, she does. She's stupid, but she's not that stupid. She knows it's her birthday tomorrow. Yeah, she's dumb, but she's not stupid. (laughs) At this point, we should probably talk about these kids. Um, Mike, he looks... I mean, I know I just said Richie Rich earlier, but he looks like Richie Rich to me. And I don't mean the Macaulay Culkin one. I mean, like, the hand-drawn original Richie Rich. <laughs> he looks like a cartoon? Yeah. Like, he's got his his golden hair that's parted down the middle, and he just looks like Richie Rich. Yeah, he's two-dimensional. He very, yes. Yes, very much. Um, he's played by a guy named Christopher Redman, who was in a lot of stuff. Like really? A whole lot of stuff. Wow. Yeah. Like what? I thought he looked familiar, but I think I just thought he looked like someone. Anyway, go on. Like Richie Rich, right? Yes. <laughs> well, he was in nothing that I really recognized. Oh, okay. Well, then forget But he's it. in a lot of things. He's got, he's got like 79 credits as All an right. actor. He's All in a right. lot of things. Yeah. That's good. His brother, though, his brother Sam, right away, that kid looks like a little shit. Yes. Like, first of all, you can't talk about him without talking about his beautiful bowl haircut. Yes. That's my next That's like the straightest fucking bowl cut I've ever seen. That's like Three Stooges level bowl cut. It's incredible. And he has such a punchable looking face. Yes, like... I just want to punch his little face. Like, I don't really like to talk about the looks of actors so much. No, because it's mean. Yeah, it it can be mean, but this fucking kid, just straight away, you just want to punch him in the face. Yeah, I don't understand what it is. There's something about his face. Even before he said a single word, I was like, I want to punch this kid. (laughs) He makes such weird faces in this episode too and i just want to punch every single one of them 
<laughs> like, I guess you could say that he's an incredible actor. Like, maybe this, <laughs> maybe this kid is just the sweetest fucking thing, and he's just like, oh, golly, Mister, how you, how are you doing today? But in this role, he's just the fucking worst. And I just want to, yeah. I just want to uppercut that kid <laughs> <laughs> so badly the whole time. He, um. You know, he does a pretty good job in this. The acting is not that bad in this episode. Well, it is, I guess. Uh, I mean, by the standards, these these people are doing all right. Well, anyway, Sam is played by Michael Barry, who wasn't in a whole lot of things, but he was a nerd in Detroit Rock City, and he was in hmm. the Dawn of the Dead remake. Okay, I'm going to have to see a picture of him in Detroit Rock City, because I've seen that movie like a thousand times, and I can't remember seeing anyone that I wanted to punch so badly in that movie. The only thing I could think is maybe he's like uh, at the end in the convenience store, but I don't remember the movie There, There well. are scenes in the school before they go on the road trip, so maybe he's just some nerd in oh, class or something. I, yeah, well... He'd be, like, about five years older, because I think Detroit Rock City was, like, 1999. Yeah. But I'm interested to see who he was in the Dawn of the Dead remake, because he was, like, accredited as, like, Brett or um, something like that. I didn't write it down. He had a but name, But I'd like though. to see who he is in that. All right. Yeah. And as for the mom, I didn't write down anything about her, because I hate her. <laughs> Yikes. What did she do to you? It's not me that she did something to. <laughs> oh, I, I catch your drift. Yeah, we cut to inside of a toy store or something. Um, we're looking out like the display window, but there's just like a bunch of like shit in there, like some connects or something on the, and a Ferris wheel spinning around. Mm -hmm. We're looking out the window. We see Mike and, the, and Sam and they're walking down the sidewalk. It's snowing outside. The kids are all bundled up. Sam stops. He looks into the window and we see some shit in the store. But also we see a video game. And it looks like a Sega Genesis one. Yeah. And it's called Zebo's Big House. Fuck yeah. Zebo's back, baby. It's it's the coolest Easter egg we've had this season by far. Yeah. I think it's one of the only Easter eggs, too. That makes it the coolest by default. So that means that Zebo's been in and mentioned at least in every single season so far. Yeah. I wonder what Easter egg awaits us in season four. I mean, and it's another clown. And honestly, the clown in this episode is more threatening than Zebo. Zebo really didn't do anything. He kind of just smoked. Yeah. I mean, I could see kids being scared of this clown. Yeah. Sam has stopped in front of the window to look in there. Mike walks back over and he ushers Sam along. And we cut to another store that is so much more boring. Yeah. It's just knickknacks. Yeah, it's just garbage. It's a store full of garbage. For real. Like, this lady, and honest, speaking of that, a lady with a garbage bag walks by in the store, and, and Sam rushes in, so he bumps into her. Mike apologizes to the lady, and he holds the door open for her, telling her have a nice day and stuff. And Sam takes one look around and says everything in the store is utter shit and tells Mike not to buy anything. And then he tells Mike he's going to the toy store. Well, Mike tells his brother that, well, I have to watch you. And Sam tells him, no sweat. Watch me leave. <laughs> so Sam heads for the door. <laughs> what Sam, you turd. <laughs> I love it. I love that part. Um, Sam heads for the door. And Mike stops him saying that they have to get mom's present. To which Sam says, no, you got to get mom's present. Mike tells him to forget it. But Sam's like, lighten up. I'll just be next door. 
Mike agrees and lets him go, telling him not to leave until he comes and gets him. Sam salutes Mike and gives him a yes, yes ma'am. ma'am. Mike rolls his eyes and starts looking down the shop. I wanted to make a joke about Sam leaving and never coming back because he got stolen, but oh, that doesn't happen. If only. If only he got blipped. Mike's walking through the, the shitty store and he picks up a small knickknack and he looks at the, the price on it and it's $100. <laughs> so he puts that shit back down. Yeah, that's insane. everything in that store should be 50 cents and it should be like buy one get six free for real these are like the shittiest (laughs) knickknacks please take these (laughs) i need more free garbage bag when you buy this shit for more shitty garbage (laughs) he walks a little more and then he spots a spooky looking clown doll with purple hair and it's dressed in red and um it looks it looks kind of crappy Especially because it's up on a shelf next to some, like, realistic-looking dolls. Yeah, it's, it's very got, like, out of place. Jewels for eyes. It, it is, yeah. I don't... Even for the stuff in the shop, it doesn't make sense that it's there. Mm-hmm. And Mike has a staring contest with this clown until the camera zooms into an old-ass man who says, Can I help you? God, that zoom was scary. It was because, like, it's focused on Mike, who's having the staring contest with this clown doll, and then the camera just, like, zips over, like, it just it just rotates over to this Crash old man. Crash zooms into this old man's face, and I just don't want to be that close to him. Yeah. It's so sudden. It's not even anybody we've seen before. It's just an old man. It's not Mr. Olsen from Pinball Wizard. It's not Sardo. It's not Shandu. It's just old man well hopefully this old weird man becomes a new reoccurring character that generations of television Mm -hmm. viewers will love and cherish i don't think that's how it's gonna happen brandon (sighs) what a shame this rude old knickknack owning (laughs) motherfucker (laughs) this garbage collecting piece of shit mike turns around and he says oh um yeah um i'm looking for a birthday present for my mom and the store owner asks how much he wants to spend. Because that's what you do. Is <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Like, let's go based on how much you're willing to give me. Here's the $70 table. <laughs> Mike tells him 70 bucks. He looks, and, and the shop owner looks over and he says, well, let me see. He takes two steps. He picks up a, an extra shitty figurine and says, <laughs> fucking oh, sucks. Yeah. How about this prize? And Mike looks at it, and he says, it's perfect. (laughs) God, it's such garbage. Could you imagine your child, like, working their ass off at a job, saving up money to buy you that? No, I'd be so mad. (laughs) Exactly. I would punish them. I'd be like, I taught you better than that. I'd be like, son, you have to take this back. I didn't even write down any descriptors of this knickknack because I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) I would rather have a bag of actual garbage. (laughs) I would rather have, like, a handmade card or something. Like, this is the worst. Like, it's it's something that you have to, like, make room for in your house. Yeah, it's like, oh, man. Like, those are one of the things that you're just like, oh... Thank you. You know, like... Yeah, we've got to get a picture of it. What the fuck? What the actual... Mike, what is wrong with you? 
So Mike thinks that this gift is perfect. And then in walks Sam for some reason. Like literally a minute has gone by in the episode. And Mm -hmm. he was in a game store where they had connects and shit. He knew what he wanted. You're right. Well, Mike doesn't seem to think anything is wrong about that. He asks what Sam thinks. So Sam says, uh, you know, it's okay. And Mike tells the old man, he'll take it. How much is it? The old man looks at the bottom of this knickknack and tells the kid, it'll be 50 bucks for him. And Mike tells him, all right. That thing right. was probably like $5. That's a lot. <laughs> that That's $5. I was going to say $10. That's, that's at least $6 too much for that thing. But he, <laughs> I'm sure he like looked at the bottom and it was like $5 and he tore the sticker off and he's like, for you, 50 That's probably exactly what happened. Well, Mike tells him, all right. And we look at Sam who's touching some shit in the store and he looks up and he sees that same clown and then cutting back to Mike, he's looking through his wallet. He can't seem to find the money. So the guy at the counter asks him if there's a problem, like, is there a problem? Oh, young man. And Mike tells him that his money's gone and he must've left it at home. And Sam's now having a staring contest with the crimson clown. And he gives it like an eyebrow raise. And I was like, what the fuck, Sam? So interesting. He gives it like a sexy eyebrow raise. And I just want to <laughs> punch him in the face. Ugh. The owner tells Mike to get the fuck out and walks away from him. It's so insane. This man has found someone willing to take that out of his shop for him. And he's... And pay him. He's He's resisting it. Mike turns around and asks Sam if he's seen his money. He grabs him because he's like in a trance and it makes Sam drop what he was trying to hide, which was a bag with Zebo's big house in it. And Mike picks it up and asks where he got the game. And Sam tells him, oh, the toy store. So Mike grills that kid and he asks him with what money? And Sam says, my birthday money. And Mike's like, yeah, you spend all of that on a bike. And they argue some more, and Mike accuses him of stealing his money. Sam turns around and says, let's consider it a loan. And then Mike guilts him, saying, that's all the money we had for Mop's birthday gift. But Sam grabs the game and says, oh, well, too late now. Oh, I want to punch him. You can't. I want to. Well, sorry, Brandon, that urge will never be satisfied. (sighs) You could try to find somebody in Australia that looks like him and just punch that kid. You'd get arrested, though. <sighs> yeah, probably. He fucking stole the birthday money. <laughs> like, how much of a piece of shit do you have to be? And he lies about it, but not even very convincingly. He just doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care. He doesn't he's care about just anything. like, he's annoyed that Mike is annoyed that he stole his money. He's like, ugh, why are you hassling me? I just stole your money and got this game I wanted instead of a present for mom. Why are you being a jerk? This kid's the worst. He's the worst villain this show has had. (laughs) By far. Like, we've had some assholes on this show. We've had some lovable assholes, like Beth. Yeah. But this kid, there's nothing, nothing redeemable about him at all. redeeming quality. Nothing. Yeah. He is the worst. The kids leave the store. They go to the toy store to return the game. But when they walk up to the store, the worker flips the sign to closed. And Mike yells at them about how they just need to return something. But nobody fucking cares. No, they're not going to be eager to take a return. <laughs> that's, that's so true. They were like, hurry up, that kid with that stole the money's back. Let's hurry. Close the sign. Close it. 
Sam comes up and he grabs the game saying, oh, well, guess you missed your chance. <sighs> Mike ain't standing for that shit, though. He grabs his brother and says, like, hell we have. And we cut back over to the knickknack shop and Mike's begging this old man for that shitty figurine saying he'll pay him back tomorrow. And the guy's like, sorry, nope, fuck you. God. Sam asks if they can go home now and Mike tells him, you know what happens to bad kids? I mean, really bad kids like you. Whenever they get snotty with someone or they hurt someone, they're selfish. Uh, but Sam, Sam saying, yeah, yeah, I better not pout. I better not shout because Santa Claus is coming to town. And Mike's like, whenever you're bad, like, like when you steal and he looks up at the clown and says, the crimson clown is watching you. And he spins his brother over to look at the clown and Sam's like, oh, I'm scared. But Mike's like, oh, you'll see. And Sam has another stare down with the clown. But this time the clown's eyes light up. What a stupid thing to say, though. Yeah. Like. This guy just got his money stolen that he worked for. He's just an average kid with a paper route. And he worked, and he saved, and his yeah. brother just stole his money. And he's like, I know how to get him. I'm going to tell him that a clown is going to watch him. Like, did he really fucking think that would work on this piece of shit? I, that's how I feel, too. This is kind of a, the part of the episode that I don't like, because... He just looks up at that clown. He's like, uh, that crimson clown will come and get ya. And then the crimson clown does come and get him. So what the fuck? He can just like make up a story on the fly and then it comes true. A feebly crafted story about a clown. Doesn't yeah, make any sense. it doesn't make sense. It's kind of stupid. The kids are about to leave and Mike's like, oh shit, now we're going to be late. But Sam don't give no shits. He's, Mike yells <laughs> at him some at more. About how now they don't have a gift for their mom. And Sam tells them that they can just put some cash in a card. But Mike reminds Sam that he stole the money. Stole my cash, so Sam remember? says, Why don't you ask your pal the crimson And he looks over at the clown doll, but it's gone. And then finally the kids leave that shitty store. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your annoying little brother. Thank you so much for taking a listen to our show. I hope you're laughing with us through every episode. Brandon and I are officially done with season three, which means we're starting up our season three of Are You Afraid of the Dark on DVD giveaway. Entering is super simple. Follow us on Instagram at Private Island Presents or Twitter at PRVT Island and find the post showing the DVD of season three. From there, just give us a tail name for an episode you'd like us to completely improvise, and you're in. The posts will already be up, and the giveaway ends on February 17th. All patrons will automatically be entered in, so if you're interested in supporting the show and getting an additional entry into the giveaway, head over to patreon.com slash private island and become a patron today. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Golden Bostics, Bryce and Kathy, and the Bronze Beth Angela, Thank you so much for your support, everyone. Speaking of improv episodes, stay tuned this Thursday for our second completely improvised episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? If you'd like to get in touch with us, aside from the social medias, you can always email us at privateislandpresents at gmail.com if you want to chat, if you have a story to share, or anything else. I respond to every single email. If you have a moment and you want to help us out, you can always give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, 
on Podchaser, or subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth is also very helpful, so tell somebody about our show, because everyone wins with Are You Afraid of the Dark? For a full list of our social medias, the Patreon, our YouTube, Facebook group, and more, check out the Linktree link in the episode description. I'd like to take a moment and thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Bandland High Note from Raymond, composed by Remy Gazelle. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Now I'd like to play a promo for a podcast about people and their stories. It's the Bite Sized Biographies podcast. Bite Sized Biographies is the podcast of life stories. I was born in Petaluma, California. I grew up in Detroit. I was born in Hong Kong. Born in Interior, BC, in Canada. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I just had a wild time in high school. I slipped out the back door. An hour later, she was arrested. I failed out of that school another three times. Poo and sex, those are interesting. I got expelled from school. The other big thing that happened was it damn near bankrupt me. 21 years old, making like $49,000. And he proposed to me. We ended up getting married. I patented the first digital fish scale. After I finished my PhD. Join me as I converse with people about their lives by visiting bitesizebiographies.com or search Bite Size Biographies where you listen to podcasts. Thank you everyone for joining us every week. I'll talk to you next week. Bye you guys. Now, the next scene, the kids are back home. Mike walks upstairs, and he says, tell mom I'll be right there. And Sam's like, yeah, whatever. He takes just a couple of steps into the into the house, and out pops mom. And she yells, where have you been? Look at the time. Where's Michael? And Sam tells her, upstairs. And mom scolds him, saying, I told you to be back at six. So Sam starts apologizing, all shitty-like. He's got it, faking it up. He's like, I'm sorry, Mom. I wanted to come home, but Mike wanted to see his friends, and he didn't care how late we'd be. I knew he was going to do that. I knew it. Yeah. Mom eats that shit up for dinner, though. She's saying, oh, is that right? (laughs) Well, we'll see about that. Michael, get down here right now. So Mike does, and he's like, yeah, Mom? And then Mom unloads on this poor child. She's demanding to know why they were so late. And what's this I heard about you not caring what time you got home. Especially when you have your little brother to look after. The whole time, Sam behind her is mocking her. How many times do I have to tell you about this? You have to do your homework. You have to bathe. And then you have to... You haven't even had dinner. I've been telling you this since you were five years old. Now listen. I have to be able to count on you. You're the man of the house. And then Sam walks past Mike up the stairs, and Mike looks at him for just a moment, and Mom screams, Look at me, young man, when I talk to you. Now I want you to go up into your room, and I don't want to hear one word out of you until dinner is on the table. Is that clear? What a wild fucking scene that was. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know how many different ways I can say that Sam is literal human garbage, but the mom... I'm just not buying the whole thing. If you're a parent, you know who your good kids and your bad kids are. Sam's not going to be able to fool her. No. It's crazy to me, because she didn't seem that bad at the beginning, but then she does this shit. 
to her good son. Like, you know that kid is, he's got a job. He's yeah. He's probably like he's 14 years responsible. old. He's responsible. He's getting out yeah. there. He's getting shit done. Sam's a piece of shit who sits at home watching TV and has a bowl haircut. Like, fuck him. I have a theory for all of this, so we'll talk about it at the end, but this was just, this came out of the blue, and I was just like, I don't like this mom. I don't like her at all. All right. So up the stairs runs Sam. He gives a little, (laughs) and as he, like, looks down at his brother down the stairs, and then he goes into his room, and he checks out his new game, and he laughs for a second at Mike, and then sits at his desk, where he has an NES, even though... Yeah. Zebo's Big House is clearly a second game. That is a very, very much Genesis game. Mm -hmm. It's in the Genesis box. Someone knocks at his door, and he hides his new game, and it's Mom, and she tells Sam supper will be ready soon. He needs to wash up. Sam tells her, okay, and then she grabs his coat and his skates, and she puts them on a hook for him, and she asks if Sam's okay, and Sam tells her, sure. I'm just mad at Mike for getting y'all upset. God damn it. What a little shit. God damn it. Mom tells him not to worry about it. Let's go. And at this point, it's just like a close-up of this kid's face, and he smirks. And then he turns his head to look at his video game again, and the clown doll is there. So Sam screams, and then he screams again for Mike, who opens the door, and he gives his brother a look. And Sam begs him to get that thing out of here. But Mike looks over and asks, what thing? But there's nothing there, of course. Mike says, very funny, dinner's ready, don't make mom madder than she already is. And Sam looks around the room, and then turns to leave, and we look under his bed where the clown is. It giggles, its eyes glow, and then the cameraman is sucked out of the room, and the door slams shut. I'm mad that, like, Mike even let Sam, like, have the game. If he stole my money and bought a game... Yes. I would smash that game into a million pieces before I let him just have it. I'd be like, all right, I can't return it. My money's gone, but fuck you. You are not getting what you wanted. Out of pure spite, I would melt that game with my eyes. <laughs> the best part to me is that there I did not see a, single, a Sega Genesis anywhere, so he wouldn't even be able to play this game. <laughs> no, but he did have a Sonic the Hedgehog 2 poster on his wall. Yeah. So he's clearly a Genesis fan. Yeah. He wants a Genesis. He just doesn't have one. He only has a Nintendo. <laughs> he just buys the games hoping someday, someday he'll be able to play it. He'll have a second Genesis. <laughs> yeah. We cut to the dinner table where mom made some shit that everyone is just mindlessly forking around their plate. And I don't know where mom stands up and she says, help me clean up, Mike. And Mike tries to protest, but mom gives him a look and he folds So he helps his mom with the dishes, and Sam looks over and asks mom if he can go watch some TV. And mom rubs Sam's back for a moment, and she says, sure, honey. So Sam gets up, he walks past Mike, and he laughs at him. And Mike, like, pantomimes, like, what? What the fuck? But it's not like there's that many dishes, Mike. You're going to be working for, like, maybe three minutes, so who cares? I care. We cut to Sam, he's watching TV, it sounds gruesome. And then there's some sort of problem with the TV, and we hear the Crimson Clown laughing in the distance. Sam's trying to push some buttons on his remote, but if he pushes too many, the TV's going to explode. So he should probably stop doing that. It gets really spooky, the lights turn off, the door slams shut, and the Crimson Clown tells Sam that you're next, as its hands start coming out of the TV and towards this kid. 
And Sam just sits on the couch, quietly begging for help, but not actually moving. No, not doing anything about it. The really fucking stupid faces. This arm is just coming towards him, and he's just like, uh, uh, Mike, help, uh. <laughs> I might die, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I'm gonna wait and see what this clown wants. Where are you going with this clown? These arms are just slowly, like, coming his way. And um, it's coming out of the TV. He's sitting a- across the room. So this arm is just keeps stretching closer and closer to him. It's really stupid. It's almost reaching him. And the clown's laughing the whole time. Sam covers his face with his arms. And then in pops Mike. And the lights are back on. And Mike's like, "Oh, is the baby afraid of a will movie? And Sam's like, what? But a hand, it came out? Sam looks at Mike in the doorway, and that's says probably my favorite line this season. He says, "What are you staring at, turd face?" <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> it was so funny. I loved it. I was like, "What? <laughs> Fuck!" <laughs> oh my god. What are you staring at, turd face? Like, who says that? Um, a piece of shit. <sighs> All right, shut up, turd face. Uh, Mike smiles, and then Mom pops around the corner, and she tells Sam it's time for bed. And Sam asks if he can stay up a little longer, and Mike's like, yeah, Mom, he could watch a really scary movie. And Sam would love that. We look at Sam, who looks down, and he says, that's okay. And Mike calls him a wimp, and Sam shoots back that, I'm not, you overgrown dirt bag. <laughs> and Mike's like, whoa, keep it up, or the Crimson Clown will get you. Overgrown dirt bag. I like that. Doesn't even make any sense. Doesn't make sense, but that's why it's so great. Sam tells him to cut it out with the clown shit. I know you're just doing it, and I'm not scared. How does he possibly think that Mike did any of that? I don't know, man. I think he's just having hallucinations, honestly. Sam walks upstairs, past his mom, and mom asks Mike what's up with Sam. And Mike tells her, I don't know, we were at the store, um, the ice rink, and he was being a pain. So I told him if he keeps up, keeps on being bad, a crimson clown would come and get him. And mom's like, Mike. But Mike tells her he didn't think he was even listening because he never listens to anybody. And mom walks over telling Mike he needs to give his brother a break because he's still little. He's like a year younger. He's, he's like 10 years old. And mom's acting like he's five years old. He's not five. No, he's not. He's exactly old enough to know better. Yes, for sure. The camera looks over at Sam, who's sitting on the stairs listening in, and Sam tells his mom, Little? Yeah, a little jerk. And Sam's like, You're the jerk, Mike, you geek. And then walks up the rest <laughs> I, I of the stairs. I fucking hate this kid. <laughs> Shut up, turd face. <laughs> what did Mike do that was even remotely jerky, other than... I don't know, make up a dumb story about a clown. Like, you're the fucking one going crazy and imagining it. Mike is an Mike is a saint in this episode. He is. Like, almost overly so. Like, he's too good. Like, you're, like yeah, back the fuck off, Mike. <laughs> we get it. You're amazing. But Sam. My god. Sam is not amazing. Sam tries to open up the door to his room, but it's, like, stuck. So he smashes his body into it and then falls to the ground when his door opens up. He looks around the room and then gets scared because the Crimson Clown is on his bed. He screams for Mike. He turns around. He looks back and the clown is gone. And that's when I seen the awesome Sonic 2 poster on his wall. But 
There's no clown. Yeah. The door slams closed to his room, and then there's this whirlwind of papers being blown about Sam's size and sees that his window's open, so he closes that shit. And then he huffs a little, he picks up his pillow and some other crap off the floor, and then the scene switches. And now Sam's in his pajamas, and we see all of his prized possessions. He's got um, a, a pug stuffed animal, <laughs> and Zebo's big house for Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. He places it really high up on a shelf, away from his horrible, nasty brother. And Sam says, ah, finally. And he lays down to get some sleep after that shit fest of a day. And Sam looks under his bed, and then he turns off his light. And we look at the clock, and it says 9.38. And then it fades to 10.10. And Sam's still awake, and he's looking around. And we hear some creepy creaking noises. And then Sam's door opens up, and Mike walks in saying, better get to sleep or mom will kill you. And Sam says, what do you care? And he turns over. And Mike's like, hey, Sam, that stuff I said about the clown isn't true, you know. I was just mad at you. And Sam's like, yeah, whatever. You should still be mad at him. Yeah, it hasn't even been he's a He's got the day. prized possession game that he stole from you sitting right on his shelf. Right next to the pug, yeah. <laughs> but um, I didn't expect them to share a room because it looked like it was just Sam's room. But Yeah, nope, I had the exact same thought. Why did Mike have to go, like, why did he go to bed at 10 o'clock? I don't get it. Because he's older. Mm-hmm. He's, like, three months older, so he gets <laughs> to stay up Truly not. Truly not that much older. We look up at Sam's mobile, mobile, of dinosaurs, like a baby would have. <laughs> and then the scene fades. What an overgrown dirtbag. He's such a turd face. <laughs> what a nerd. What a wimp. <laughs> Geek. We now see Sam sleeping, and then the covers get ripped off of him, and he's his bed that he's laying on just falls over, and now he's standing up, and it looks like Sam is back in that knick-knack shop. And we hear the old man owner say, Come back when you have the money. And Sam wonders aloud where he is. We see a clock showing midnight. Sam looks at some dolls for a second. He runs to the door. He bangs on it, and he's like, Let me out of here. What's going on? Let me out of here. And then from behind him, we see the silhouette of something coming his way. And then it laughs, saying, Sam, you're a bad kid. Do you know what we do to kids like you? And then we see this man walking towards him, dressed as the Crimson Clown. Sam looks at it disgusted, and then he gets wrapped up in red ribbons. Ah, ribbon. Yeah. One of the scariest things, I think, in the whole world? Oh, yeah. Sam wakes up from this dream, and he wakes up with the most stupid-looking face. Oh, my God. And it closes up right on his face, and he looks like I want to punch him so much. He looks like you want to punch him. Fucking face. (laughs) Sam's like, oh, man, it was a dream. And then he looks down, and he's in his bed, and he's all tied up with ribbons. (gasps) And he's squirming around. He's he's like, Mike, uh," but Mike's sleeping. And then from under Sam's covers is this big lump, and it's headed towards his head, and it's saying, Mike can't help you, Sam. And Sam feebly calls for Mike to help him a couple more times. The clown laughs a whole bunch, and Sam finally wiggles free of the ribbons, and he jumps out of his bed. Yeah, this clown, like, climbing into bed with little kids and tying them up is just... It's not good. It's a bit much, Crimson. Yeah, it's kind of... Well, Ron Oliver is the one that directed this episode, so what the fuck, Ron Oliver? What's wrong with you? Fuck. Ron Oil. 
(laughs) Sam rips the blankets off his bed. He calls for Mike, runs over, and tries to wake Mike up. And Mike's bed is obviously the clown, which he could (laughs) easily see because it's got that poofy purple hair. Yeah. But... But he pulls it, and then what the clown reveals itself to laughing at Sam. What purple hair you have, Mike. <laughs> it's not even trying to hide it a little bit. Sam screams as the clown says, No one can help you, Sam. Nobody wants to. And then the head on the clown inflates a whole bunch until it just explodes into a glitter bomb. Mike is going to be so mad that there's glitter all over his bed. <laughs> Yeah, but what's he going to do about it? The mom's going to walk in and be like, Mike, you got glitter all over this room. You're grounded. She would, too. She's like, into the basement dungeon with you, Mike. (laughs) Get your shit together. That's it. I'm tying you up with ribbon. (laughs) The stupidest part of this thing is that the clown's head exploded into a sign that's got Sam's name on it. And it's got the circle and a cross on it, like... No Sam's allowed? You thought that was stupid? That's my favorite part of the whole episode. Why? Because that sign perfectly encapsulates everything that I think about this episode. Just no Sam? Just no Sam. I didn't... It's stupid. It's very stupid for the clown to set that up. Yeah. But uh, I like it. I like... I don't like Sam... I don't want Sam. So yeah, yeah. just uh, let him know that he's not welcome. So you, basically, you want that sign, right? I'd put that sign up, yeah. <laughs> Sam tries to leave his room, but it's locked as the clown tells him there's nowhere to go and nowhere to hide. So Sam runs to his window, he opens the blinds, and then there's this, this crimson clown head outside, and it looks mean as hell, and it's laughing at him on the other side, and Sam screams, no! And then he opens his closet door, and smoke blasts in his face, and he gets grabbed by red ribbons on his feet. Like, they tangle around his feet. They knock Sam over, and then he's slowly dragged into his closet. And Sam grabs one of his ice skates on the ground, and he starts cutting through the ribbons while the clown just laughs. He frees himself. He looks around the room. His door opens, and the crimson clown walks in. And he said, no one's gonna help you. You're a bad kid, and no one wants to help a bad kid. Except for Sam's mom. But whatever. Sam sits on his bed and he starts apologizing for everything he's done. But the clown's like, no, you're not. Sam's like, I am. I'm sorry. I stole Mike's money for the mom's birthday. Please give me another chance. And Sam covers his face with the blankets. And then it fades to light. It's daytime now. We look over Sam's bed. He lowers the blankets from his face. He looks around and he's like, Mike? And then in walks Mike. And he says, come on, hurry up. And Sam jumps out of bed. He starts touching his brother a bunch to make sure he's real, I guess. He's like, everything's okay. I'm okay. I got another chance. And Mike looks confused at Sam as he runs out of the room and Sam runs down the stairs. <laughs> the kids run to another room where mom is Mom is there. She's got a big present and she asks if she can open it yet. And Mike says, sure. And mom giggles. She opens the box, moves aside a bunch of shit. And then takes out that little shitty figurine. And she laughs. And she says, it's beautiful. It's the best acting of the episode. (laughs) Mike tells her it's from him and Sam. And Sam gives a little good boy smile. And mom reaches up for a hug from her two little boys. And Sam tells her, happy birthday. And then we get Gary's voiceover saying, Sam got what he asked for. Another chance. 
Every kid deserves another chance, and the Crimson Clown gave him his, with a little help from Mike. And Gary doesn't say the end or anything, but that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Man, I think it would be better if that clown just took that kid away. Yeah, that kid needed to end up in the dark music house. For sure, yes. It's like, Gary's the one you can count on to write really dark endings where the characters end up in horrible situations. And this is a character who definitely deserved that. Yeah, he's, and, uh, he's the worst. No, he just has a personality transplant at the end and everything's good. Yeah, basically, yeah. That's uh, that's what happened. So why the fuck did that clown even really care if that kid was bad or not? Here's what I think. Here's my, my take on it. Because okay. like I said earlier... You know, Mike just basically was like, uh, if you're not good, that clown doll randomly up there, he's gonna get you. And so, here's what I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. That mom, I have a very complex story here. The mom and her kids, they yeah. used to have a, a dad, right? But the I would mom assume... killed her dad. Oh. And that's how that she got all this money so that they live in this big fancy house. She killed him for insurance money. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you so far. So she knows that Sam is a little shit, and she knows that Mike is a good boy. So what she's doing is she's making disgusting dinners laced with rat poison for Sam, okay? Yeah. So she's been slowly poisoning Sam with arsenic or rat poison or whatever you, whatever you want. Whatever you've got lying around. And it's causing Sam these delusions, and that's why he sees the Crimson Clown, because he's fucking being poisoned. Mm. Now, you might think... What's the point of all this, right? Right. But what mom wants is no children. So she's going to pin all of this shit on Mike. And so what she does is she yells and berates Mike so that Mike will take it out on Sam. And when the police come knocking at their door, like being like, hey, why is this kid dead? She'll be like, oh my gosh, it's Mike. He's a monster. You should have seen the way that he was berating his little beautiful brother in public. Mm-hmm. So setting up the alibi. Yeah, it's all the mom. The mom is the root cause of all of the evils of this world. Well, if that were true, I'd say she deserves that figurine. Yeah, she does. She looked at that figurine and she she hated it, you know, because it's ugly. Any yeah. normal, sane human being would hate it. But she's playing like she loves it because she knows that her plan has already been set in motion. Yeah. Wow. That, um... It all checks out. That's a story. <laughs> yep. So I think honestly, what they need to do next is they need to investigate Gary and Tucker's residence because something's going on in there. Yeah. So Gary and Tucker's mom needs to be checked out. I'm gonna say probably. So that's what I got from that story. That's what I think is happening, like behind the scenes. We cut back to the Midnight Society. Betty Ann says, "What a great story!" And Sam agrees, and then asks what Tucker thought. And Tucker pulls out that piece of paper from his pocket, and he looks at his brother. He walks over to him, and he says, "I'll do my own socks." He hands Gary the paper. Gary says, "Yes!" And then Frank gets up to talk to Sam, and Tucker looks down at Gary and says, "What are you doing? You might need that." And Frank, he starts twirling Sam's hair, saying, "So, uh, we going out or what?" And Sam says, well, like Gary said, what goes around comes around. It's a real hot offer. And Sam grabs the bucket of water and goes in close to give Frank like a hug or something. And she lifts the bucket up over the back of his head. And then she dumps the water all over him saying, that's a, that's a hot offer, but I think you need to cool off. 
Tucker laughs, and Sam walks over to Gary, who asks if he can walk her home. And Sam's like, sure. And we cut over to Frank, who lifts the bucket off of his head, looking all pissed as hell. The camera focuses in on the poem Gary wrote, being burned alive in the campfire. And it says Samantha on it. The end. Apparently nobody's going to extinguish the fire. No. So, (sighs) clearly, this episode, this story, was written by Gary... Yeah. To kind of teach Tucker a lesson, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, Tucker's a piece of shit, Sam's a piece of shit. Y- yeah, but the parallels are there. But, he clearly likes Sam. He wrote the poem for Sam, he likes Sam. So why yeah. the hell did he name this horrible character <laughs> that... Like, half the episode is the clown saying, like, Nobody likes you, Sam. Nobody wants you, Sam. <laughs> And Gary would be saying that out loud, probably staring at Sam because he likes her. And he'd be staring straight at her saying, nobody gives a shit about you, Sam. Oh, my God. Why the hell would he do that? that. I have no idea. I didn't even think of that, honestly. That is the worst pickup strategy I've ever heard of. It worked, though. She's like, walk me home. I mean, I guess girls like when you hate them. Maybe he knew that Sam was into, like, shit-talking and foul play and, like... I mean, she's a tough... Rapping. She's a tough gal. <laughs> she's into <but> bondage. <laughs> I don't know. That d- doesn't seem the way to go. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think of that. That's disgusting. Gary is such a turd face. <laughs> <laughs> that overgrown dirt bag. But it worked for him, I guess. Yeah, apparently. Sorry, Frank. Always the loser. Yeah, well, he dropped a couple pegs, I think. In my, well, he first of all, he hasn't sold a story, and second of no. all, like he's been cringy as fuck this season. So, well, everybody has since Sam joined. Like all the guys are like, "Ugh, shut up." Yeah, they're all like, right. Ugh, "Hey, baby, uh, Sam, that's a weird fucking name for a girl. Want to make out?" Frank needs to tell a story. If the next episode isn't a Frank story, like he should just go. Agreed, yes. Um, what do you think the moral of this story is? Probably don't be a douchebag. I mean, pretty don't much. Don't steal your brother's yeah, money. just don't be a Sam. Yeah, it's pretty cut and dry. Don't <laughs> no be a Sam's. Turd. Don't be the a moral turd of the story is that sign. <laughs> no Sam. <laughs> no Sam's in bed. <laughs> Man, yeah. So, the tale of the Crimson Clown. Um... I think we could probably come up with better names than that. Let's let's do it. Sure. The tale of no Sam's in bed. <laughs> the tale of the punchable kid. Ugh. The tale of the horrible knickknack. <laughs> the tale of the weirdo shopkeeper. Such a weirdo. The tale of Zebo's big house. Oh, I was gonna say the tale of the Sega Genesis game we never get to see. I wanted to I see that game. Yeah, so I would have loved to see what Zebo's big house looks like. If anyone's got a ROM out there, send it my way. <laughs> yep. Uh, you can email it to us, privateislandpresents at gmail.com. Send all your illegal files to us. <laughs> okay. Not all of them, but... <laughs> um, it's a tale of the mean mother. She was pretty mean. That scene where she just berates her child, that was crazy. So, Brandon, next up is the season finale. Are you ready for this? We're done with season three already. Basically. No, I'm not. 
I feel like season three has gone the fastest of the three so far, and we even took a two-week break. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. And oddly enough, even though I've liked a lot of the episodes, it's also been a little bit less memorable in some ways. Yeah, I was thinking that earlier, too. I think season one's been the most memorable so far. And yeah, season three's had really good episodes, but I know what you mean. I don't know why I know that. I feel like I shouldn't feel that way. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I think season three is probably like a fan favorite, but yeah. I don't know. It it's just got so good fast. episodes. Yeah, real good episodes. If I were to rank all the episodes, you know, some season three bangers would be up there. I agree. But next up is the season finale, Brandon. You ready to hear what this episode is going to be called? <sighs> all right, let's hear what Frank's story is going to be called. Ah, so you think it's a Frank's tale, tale right off the bat, huh? It better be. I mean, let's be real here. It has to be, right? Why would he... You can't go a season without telling an episode. They're like paying the... this kid. They paid his brother to be on the show, for God's sake. <laughs> he needs to do something. Yeah. Agreed. The next episode, the season finale of season three, is called The Tale of the Dangerous Soup. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. The Tale of the Dangerous Soup. All right, this is a Tucker story. <laughs> when you, you think, think about it, soup is really the scariest thing. <laughs> what do you think the tale of dangerous soup is going to be about? Honestly, dangerous yeah. soup. Yeah, dangerous <sighs> soup. There's a haunted restaurant with a cursed menu. I don't know. Dangerous <laughs> soup. Yeah. <laughs> that is the stupidest title for what I assume is going to be the stupidest episode. <laughs> well, let me... I mean, I'm going to give you just like a little teaser of it. This episode has Neve Campbell in it. Okay, I love it. Yeah. Just because I know you, you think this is going to be the worst. It's got Neve Campbell in it, so... All right. This is a great episode. It's, it's not going to be the worst, I don't think. That's going to be phone police. <laughs> <laughs> But I can honestly say I don't remember much at all about this episode, so I'm kind of looking forward to seeing it because I love Neve Campbell. All right. We shall see. <laughs> but that's, uh, yeah, that's what we got going on next week. So season finale, bada bing, bada boom. We're down to season three after next week. Wow. I know. <sighs> well, Brandon, I'm looking forward to next week, but for now, I'm super tired. You made me wake up super early. I'm going that's back to true. bed. true. All right. I've been up all night. I'll see you for the tale of the dangerous soup. Yeah, we'll, we'll get our soup on, <laughs> and I can't wait. <laughs> so I'll talk to you later, man. All been right, all I'll night. see you. Good night. Bye, everybody. Bye. What are you staring at, turd face?